Empower Radio presents The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Crawl. Hello and welcome everyone. You're listening to the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected on Empower Radio. Each week we gather right here to make connections that break through the illusion of separation. And I trust that something you hear in this program may just shift your understanding of the healing process in general. Why do I say this? Well, our guest is quite incredible. Imagine this. What if we really, really come to understand science in a new way? What if there really is no divide between science and spirituality? Is the ability to heal ourselves science fiction or actually science-based? And what would the world look like if we were truly awakened to the depths of our own healing potential. Our guest today is working to evolve the scientific understanding and real-world application of consciousness and healing practices so that individuals and societies are empowered with the knowledge and tools to acknowledge to ignite, excuse me, to ignite their healing potential and thus lead more healthy fulfilling lives. Sounds interesting, doesn't it? I invite you to take a few deep breaths, bring your awareness into this moment, open your mind, connect with your heart, and settle into your essential wholeness as I introduce our guest. Dr. Shamani Jane is a psychologist, scientist, and social entrepreneur. Dr. Jane is an assistant professor in the Department of Psychiatry at UC San Diego, where she is also chair of the Center for Integrative Medicine's Research Committee. She is also the founder and director of Consciousness and Healing Initiative, a collaborative accelerator of scientists, practitioners, educators, innovators, and artists to facilitate the science and practice of consciousness and healing. I love that, the science and practice. Dr. Jane obtained her BA in neuroscience and behavior from Columbia University and her PhD from SDSU, US, or excuse me, UCSD, the Joint Doctoral Program in Clinical Psychology. She conducted her clinical residency at the Loyola VA Hospital and her postdoc fellowship at UCLA's Division of Cancer Prevention and Control Research. She sounds like she knows what she's talking about, doesn't she? Welcome, Shamani. Thank you so much. Boy, I apologize for, you know, giving you so much material for, <laughs> for such a long introduction. Um, hopefully people are still with us, even despite all those boring credentials. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you for that. You know what? It's sometimes, um, I like to sometimes just really shorten it up to get us into these yummy, juicy conversations. But really, with the work and the magnitude and the amplitude of, of really what you're creating in the world, it's really nice to see it grounded in all those boring credentials like you're talking about. So I'm not going to apologize for it at all because I think it's really important and, and sets a really nice context for our conversation. And Shamini, yeah, you're welcome. I, I'm just so impressed with all the work you're doing. Shamini, I have a 
traditional first question here on the show that also kind of sets our conversation in a larger perspective in a really important meme for me. And so I want to start there with you like I traditionally do and ask if you could share with our listeners, what does all things connected mean to you? To me, it's really the connection of all beings on this planet and the planet itself. Um, when, you know, when I saw the name of your radio show, All Things Connected. I loved it. And of course, it, you know, it reminds you of All Things Considered, NPR, which is fabulous, but it's, it's so, it's so wonderful. It's like the perfect title because, you know, in essence, the visualization that really comes to me is the planet and all the beings on the planet. And so I, I guessed that what you do on your radio show is really talk about all of these different aspects, all these different ways that we are connected and, and what can we do with that connection. Um, so that's that's kind of what it means to me. Mm, great. Well, I know that that you know a lot about connection and that connectedness and how it relates to the consciousness on the planet as well. And I can't wait to dig into you know the whole topic of consciousness and healing. But first, let's hear about you, Shamani, because you are really doing some incredible things on the planet. I'm just really curious. I know you and, and we've had personal conversations and I never said, how did you get here? And I would love for you to share with me and our listeners, who is Shamani and, and how did you get here? Well, thank you um, for the question. I don't know who Shamini is <laughs> because Shamini <laughs> is, you know, is a personality and uh, a personality in consciousness that, you know, has developed uh, throughout lifetimes to be this personality that calls herself Shamini. Um, I would say that in terms of the work that, that I've been, you know, doing and, and kind of helping forward um, and how I got to that, it's really um, it's a lifelong passion. And it's really been a lifelong passion, the passion for understanding and growing our understanding of healing so that we can facilitate healing in others has just been something literally that I've always been into, um, even when I was young. And so I think I was definitely very influenced by my Jan upbringing. Um, I'm a Jan, and so for listeners who may not know what that is, it's a, it's a very small, almost philosophy, you can say more than a religion, that comes from India and um, in some ways is, is very related to Buddhism, although it's slightly different. And its basic tenet is ahimsa, or nonviolence. Um, anyway, growing up, I loved to read always and read a lot of our philosophy and then, you know, was always super curious, so always asking questions about it. And, you know, throughout the years, my study, um, I became more and more interested in, in, you know, the healing process itself, both, you know, from my own personal experience and as a, a person who learns about healing uh, experientially from teachers and from the scientific side. And that's really led me to where I am today. I mean, I think through, through the years of being a psychologist and being in practice as a psychologist, being a researcher and kind of seeing where we are with the research and where we could be and how we could actually transform medicine and healthcare into something that's much more efficient and uh, much more empowering, um, that really has led me to create our initiative, the Consciousness and Healing Initiative, and really help to forward the science and practice of healing in a big way. Mm. 
Well, thank you for that. You know, first, I love your your first response of who is Shamini, and <laughs> thank you for that. But I, I just want to back up for a second and really just kind of pause in that um, Jan philosophy because you and I sat on a panel together, and one of the things I really appreciated was um, we were we were talking about transforming a culture, and I loved, I really appreciated how you really integrated that philosophy into our science and into the whole consciousness conversation, but also within um, a way that people could really understand it. And you really did a nice job of that. You also have a really effective um, TED Talk. I just want to let our listeners know that if if they want to hear more, um, they can go find you and and really listen to some of your videos, your TED Talk. There's really, I think, an important foundation there. And Shamini, so when I'm talking about that um, conversation that we were on the panel and how you how you integrated that. I'm curious of how you might define consciousness just for our listeners today. We all we all have an idea about what consciousness is, but you've been really kind of vibing with some really cool, amazing scientists and you're you're pulling together a lot. And I just love to hear how you might define that. Sure, absolutely. And thank you for, you know, naming it too. It's it's certainly just my perspective and there's so many perspectives on what consciousness is. Um, for me, consciousness is really nothing more than the essence of our own soul. And it's, it's purity, it's bliss, it uh, transcends all things, it is the creator of all things. Um, that's how I personally understand it through my spiritual practice and, you know, what I strive to understand on a deeper and deeper level every day with my practice. Um, but that's certainly just one perspective. And, you know, there are many that don't share that perspective, and I have lively conversations with some of my closest scientific colleagues about, you know, how I view consciousness because they view it quite differently. So I just wanted to name that because I think, you know, in the spirit of collaboration and discussion, um, it's really important that we don't impose our viewpoints on others. And, you know, often we see this happening in the science field. And people get all bent out of shape. Well, I don't think that way, you know. Um, so that's just one perspective. And, you know, some people say soul. Some people say spirit. Some people don't like either of those words. And they, they're more comfortable with just saying consciousness. Um, some people think it's, you know, it's a byproduct of the brain. Other people feel that it's the ground of all existence. But for me personally, consciousness is really the deepest aspect of what connects us all um, and really creates everything that we experience in the world. That's perfect. Thank you. So that makes me really curious, Shamini, how how you negotiate that when you're talking about science and really bringing this consciousness and healing together here. How do you, as a collective, deal with the differing understandings and definitions of consciousness? It's a great question. I'd love to share a little story with you because, you know, I think it's not just our collaborative. It's it's everywhere. I mean, and we're seeing this across all kinds of domains, not just science. But I was giving a talk um, recently to a group called Consciousness Hacking, and this woman uh, raised her hand and shared this incredible model of evolution that she had been creating um, based uh, partly on Kelvin Wilbur's work and others as well. And she was sharing this with scientists because she really wanted to develop 
um, a questionnaire, in fact, to kind of tap people and get a sense of where they were at with their different levels of consciousness. It was really well thought out um, measure, questionnaire. You know, you could tell they'd put years and years of research into it. Well, one of the questions um, used the word soul, and she was sharing that a number of scientists just had major issues with it to the point where she was actually considering whether she needed to take out the word soul because the scientists didn't like it. And so she asked me what to do. And I think it leads to your question, how do you negotiate these things when people conceive things differently and people can be very, very attached to their view? The first fundamental thing that we have to do is come to a level of mutual respect for each other's viewpoints and start to bridge languages as best as we can. And, you know, this is... This is not new, right? We have to do this in anything. And, you know, fundamental to any conflict resolution is, you know, the mutual understanding and respect of each other and each other's viewpoints. So when we get our scientists together with practitioners, we are very blessed to have stellar scientists who, you know, are very well funded in their mainstream work by National Institutes of Health, tenured professors at major universities, but they all share this one thing in common, and that is that they are open to listening and really trying to dive deep into the perspective of the healer when the healer is describing something, even if they personally don't necessarily buy into how the healer is describing it. So that's step one, is really engaging in deep listening and trying to almost map what the other person is saying into a language or framework that can be mutual. So, you know, that's really essential. We can quibble about words all day. And believe me, I've had, <laughs> I've had healers who've actually told me they've been in on those meetings for three days where they discussed whether holistic should be spelled with a W or not. Okay, mm-hmm. that's just not productive. Um, you know, and I think we can move beyond that, uh, but it has to start with mutual respect and really a deep curiosity for the other person's perspective. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. You know, I was just at a, a convergence this week past weekend and and there were a lot of healers there and and I just remember at one point it so surprised me that a neurologist stood up and was sharing his vision and he had been in practice for quite a while but his vision was really to move in to some of the alternative healing practices that that I'm sure we'll be talking about as you put practitioners and scientists together in your world too it was just so delightful to hear him stand up and and just really declare in front of this whole large group that he was ready to shift his practice so so cool thank you for thank you for that so you know when we're talking about consciousness and and we kind of set this there's different definitions for that i really love i think we need to counterbalance that then with with healing and what does healing really mean i was at the same convergence shamani this past weekend and i heard someone say this was so cool she said um i'm not a healer and everybody looked at her like what you know she's she's been doing healing work forever she says i'm a healing practitioner the healer is the one that i work on mm-hmm. isn't it. that isn't yeah. that wonderful and i just went ah oh, i love that one so i'd love to hear your reflection on that this is great you know this actually reminds me of a conversation my husband and i had recently he um just came back from a 10 day of vipassana silent meditation retreat and we've had really live, we often have very lively discussions, but we had a really lively discussion about healing when he came back. 
And he said, you know, it's really shifted my whole perspective. I don't know if anyone can really heal another person. You know, it's all within. And so we had this long discussion on, well, what does a healer do then? And I think what you said, Julie, it's completely consistent with what we understand even around the science behind healing, which is that the healer creates the conditions and is a conduit for facilitating the healing process, which is guided by that individual who is, quote, receiving healing from another person. So we're really helping to create those conditions, those opportunities, um, movements, you know, in energy flow that allow the recipient to really deepen their own process of healing. And there is, you know, an ownership that we have to take, you know, on that. Um, whether we're engaging in meditation, whether we're engaging in eating, um, whether we're engaging on laying in a table and having Reiki, quote, done on us, we're not having Reiki done on us, right? We're engaging in the Reiki process as an mm-hmm. active participant. Yeah, beautiful. I, th- I, I love that whole new way for us to really, um, really embody that experience of healing to really shift our perspective of it. I think it's a consciousness shift here for us Mm -hmm. all to really learn that. And I I think that's what's important about your work that I really appreciate. So let's talk about that, Shamani. How powerful are our minds? And and how, what what does the mind have to do with healing as well? Sure. I mean, there's so many places we can go with this. Um, I'll just share with you another quick, quick antidote um, that I think helps to frame the conversation into the, the true depth of it since we were talking about consciousness. So as you know, um, Deepak Chopra is a founding advisor of the Consciousness and Healing Initiative and, um, and has just been a, a wonderful colleague and friend. And the first time we met, um, I was actually sharing with him what we were up to and seeing if the Chopra Foundation would be interested in being part of our collaborative to forward um, some meetings and activities we were doing in the science of healing. And so we had this discussion, and, you know, basically what he said is, well, you know, Reiki and all these things, you know, they're great, but, you know, where, where it really lies is in consciousness. It's, it's all in consciousness. And it made me realize that there really is this, you know, going back to what we were saying earlier, there really is still this view that, Things like Reiki, things like healing touch, you know, even acupuncture or whatever are working on the symptom level or something, like we're just trying to get rid of pain or something like that. But where the juice really is, is in consciousness. And, you know, linking those two terms together then, consciousness and healing, and relating it to our conversation, there really is no discrepancy if we really, if we understand that the process of healing involves us, involves our consciousness, and the meeting of consciousness in some ways to facilitate the healing process. So how does this work, you know, in terms of what we know about the science? One area that I think people are really familiar with um, and are still quite curious about um, and don't quite understand as well because we haven't done a good job articulating what it really means is placebo. And, you know, you mentioned my TED Talk. I talk a little bit about that in in the TEDx talk, um, bring up some data on placebo and and what does this really mean? You know, I've come up with um, kind of a framework, a suggestion for us to really shift our framework on what placebo is, because in essence, placebo is really helping us to understand um, our innate powers um, in facilitating our healing capacity. So, you know, what do we know about placebo? People know about it in terms of pills, and generally people think about it as, you know, well, you know, if I get a fake pill, I feel better, that means the medicine doesn't work, but, you know, actually it's 
kind of completely the opposite, right? If you flip it on your head, what placebo is showing us is that our minds, our emotions are, in fact, huge drivers of our healing response. And placebo itself is a really, is a really rich concept because from, you know, the traditional perspective, the traditional scientific perspective right now, we describe placebo as being made up of several kinds of cognitive behavioral elements, including expectation, you know, how much do we expect a treatment is going to help us or something that we're engaging in is going to help us, learning, you know, the more I meditate, the more I feel this way, perhaps, you know, the more clarity I feel like I have. It makes me want to engage in meditation more, therefore I do it more. And there's a conditioning process that happens with that. And meaning and context are huge parts of placebo because, you know, this involves everything from the healing ritual to our interaction with the patient. You know, what's the meaning of my being in this room right now and, you know, receiving a healing from this person? All these things we found have measurable effects um, on both our mood and even our physiology. But what's really interesting is if you take a consciousness-based perspective on all of this, on all of the studies that have been done with placebo that show us time and time again that it's not necessarily just a drug or even the surgery that's driving the healing effects. In truth, it's really our consciousness. And so I suggest we start thinking about placebo as, as, you know, as the acronym HEAL, which is Holistic Elements Activating Life Force. Now, a lot of my scientific colleagues won't like the term life force, um, and, you know, it will probably take too long to get into exactly why I choose those terms here. Mm-hmm. But, the, you know, the ultimate conclusion is that if we put all this data together, what we realize is that everything that we know about placebo is actually based on our state of consciousness and the way we direct our consciousness. So things like intention or volition, whether we're talking about you know, engaging in reducing our own heartbeat or simply relaxing our body, being more present. That's, that's dictated by consciousness. That's a consciousness-driven process. The same thing with patient-practitioner interaction, which we found in studies over and over again have profound effects, even, you know, effects on the duration of the common cold. There's a lovely article published by David Raquel and colleagues several years ago on this, um, that's consciousness-based as well. How, how much are we connected with the deepest parts of ourselves when we're in the healing encounter? And how much can we connect with our, um, our patient or our client that we're working with? How connected do they feel with us? That's consciousness-based. Our perception of the healing environment and the environment that we create is completely consciousness-based. And so as we build on these consciousness-building blocks, we then come to the more cognitive aspects, which are consciousness-based, such as expectation and conditioning. So when we unpack, you know, even what we supposedly know about placebo from this more consciousness-based framework, it really helps us understand uh, the deep power that we have in facilitating changes in our own physiology and our spirituality um, on the healing process. Mm. Yes. I just want to go, yes, yes, yes. I I really, I'm like trying to weave in all of those really important pieces that you're talking about when we just talk about the placebo effect. And, and quite frankly, I, I always just look at placebo studies and say, see how it just, it just really demonstrates the power of our mind. So, you know, we're talking about beliefs, 
energy. You mentioned life force and our expectations. There's so many things that, that you brought up. I'm curious. We have just, I think, a couple minutes before break, but I would love to hear you um, back up. And I know your colleagues might cringe when you talk about life force, but let's just weave that into the conversation too, as far as a, a definition of, you know, we have energy practitioners, we have what we we call chi and life force, and and how would you define that in the healing process? We kind of just talked about all of that with the placebo, but let's sure. let's just put a foundation under that. Sure, absolutely. And you know, as a scientist, I, I still love and and am attached to frameworks. <laughs> so I'll, yeah. just, I'll just name one. You know, there's the Vedic framework, for example. This is just one framework again. It's not it's not the be all end all for everyone at all. Um, but within the Vedic framework, um, which is foundational for whole systems medicine, such as Ayurveda, for example, um, as we dive deep into beyond just the concepts, but, you know, the understandings of the relationship with consciousness and healing, what we find is that consciousness, as it comes through um, the soul, if you will, interacts with our thoughts, our words, our deeds, which creates karma. And, you know, this is a whole huge discussion, so I'll try not to get too um, nuanced here. But essentially, it's the interaction of the embodied consciousness with our thoughts, words, and deeds that create create and augment and shift our energy flow. And so the vital force is very much, if you will, a reflection of our consciousness interacting with what we do. So when we work on the vital energy flow, we're in fact, you know, working with instantiations of consciousness that manifest into form in some way, whether it's manifesting into thoughts, manifesting into emotions, or even, you know, our physicality in certain ways. So this is where the vital force or the vital energy plays a role. You can think of it almost as um, a communicator between consciousness and physical form. Mm. That was succinct. That was perfect. Thank you. I, I think that that definition is really helpful to our listeners. And we are going to take a quick break. I just want to remind everyone we're listening to Dr. Shamini Jain. She is the founder of Consciousness and Healing Initiative. There's so much exciting things coming out of her work and her world. We're going to talk about so much more. And make sure you stay tuned because we're going to talk about an opportunity coming up in just a few months. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Have you ever lost a cat? And have you ever wanted to get your cat back after you lost it? Hi there, I'm Andrew Hoffman. I went on this website called inventnow.org. Then I decided to make an invention of my own. It's called the Lost Cat Magnet Invention. So you can get your cat back after you lost it. Just turn it on and lost cats stick to it. That's a good cat. If your cat was hiding up in a tree, it won't be up a tree anymore. It will be stuck to the lost cat magnet. And sometimes they fly toward you in the air. Just listen to one satisfied cat. See, that's proof. You should go to the inventnow.org website too. But just remember one thing. Don't do a lost cat magnet. Anything's possible. Keep thinking. Get started on your own inventions or just play some games at inventnow.org. 
Brought to you by the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, the National Inventors Hall of Fame Foundation, and the Ad Council. Come to the forest. It's a place not so far away. A place where you don't have to mow the lawn. Or babysit. I saw lizards and squirrels and bugs. Ladybugs, caterpillars. It's really cool, actually. A place where you don't have to make time for free time. Lots and lots of kinds of species here. Out here, you may even meet the mysterious creature known as the other you. The enchanted you. It's magic what flowers do. The adventurous you. My favorite tree. Yes. That one. The free-to-be-me you. (laughs) Ask your parents to take you to this not-so-far-away place. Come to the forest, where the other you lives. But first, stop by discovertheforest.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Do you get tired of styling your hair every day? And do you want a good hairstyle every day? Hi, I'm Sarah Schuster. I went on a website called inventnow.org, and after that, I decided to invent something too. Something called the Insta-Do. Just imagine, you just put it over your head like a helmet does, and you pick your hairstyle with the buttons on the side, and you can have instant hairstyle in seconds. People like it. People like Jeff Bart. I like it. And people like Kenneth. It's a summer thing, and it fits over your head, and it's great. Thank you, Kenneth. You should go to inventnow.org, and it could help you come up with your own invention. After all, look at me on the radio now. Anything's possible. Keep thinking. Get started on your own inventions, or just play some games at inventnow.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, the National Inventors Hall of Fame Foundation, and the Ad Council. Now, back to the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected on Empower Radio. Welcome back. Hey, if you're inspired by our conversation today, I invite you to listen to it again and share it with others. You can do that by visiting our website, thedrjulieshow.com, where you'll find all the archive links as well as a list of upcoming guests. Again, that's thedrjulieshow.com. Also, stay connected all week on our Facebook page, All Things Connected with Dr. Julie, where we continue the conversation. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love your feedback. Send me an email, whatever. I love talking to you about the show and and the guests and the and the topics. Also, we're talking today with Shamani Jane, and you can find her at Conscious Consciousness and Healing Initiative. They have a really cool URL. Their website is chi.is, C-H-I dot is, I-S. Shamani, what a cool website that is. And it just makes me think of the, the word chi. And um, some people call this life force different things. Science is tending to put it in the biofield. And we're, we're talking about before the break, we talked about placebo. We talk about, oh, what is this spontaneous remission thing? And and now we're looking at all this consciousness-based medicine, which is really moving it out of reductionism. I think it's really exciting. But let's let's really kind of pull that together before we talk about some of the things that are going on in your life and really talk about what does all this mean that as, as far as awakening our listeners' healing potential, what does it all mean for them? What might they really shift in their own consciousness to really 
really understand and embody the potential that is existing right within their own physical body. There's so much to say. It's hard to even put sure. that into no, a question. No, and I get it. It. I, it's, uh, it is. It's, it's, it's wonderful. And, you know, the scientific progress that we're making is just trying to catch up to, you know, the, the realities of the deepest aspects of our own personal power as human beings, which is fantastic. And so, you know, we've seen this and, you know, and the Consciousness and Healing Initiative um, is very much about forwarding the science in a way that is going to really help to transform healthcare. Because, you know, quite frankly, Julie, there's still a lot of work that we need to do um, in order to take some of these understandings, both from practitioners and from the growing science, um, into practice so that when we go to the hospital, for example, you know, we have options um, because sometimes we don't, quite frankly. And um, there's, a, there's a lot more that we can do in the healthcare system. And so for that, the science is really, really necessary. And, and I do want to add that, you know, the science is growing. It's not all there. There's so much, you know, evolution that's happening right now, even in the way that we're approaching science. It's really exciting. But what we know now, you know, based on what we know now, there's some very simple common sense things that the data are telling us. First of all, our emotions and our mental state matter greatly. They matter greatly. We have far more power on guiding our health process than we ever imagined possible, say, 30 or 40 years ago, when we didn't even think the mind and emotions and the body were connected. I mean, that was kind of the sad state of affairs in Western science, you know, about 40 years ago, this whole idea that the immune system and the central nervous system were connected was controversial, more than controversial, was almost heretical. Um, so what we know now, of course, is that our emotions are very deeply linked with our immune system, our central nervous system, and so practice, practices really matter. You know, we were talking about placebo earlier Here's some kind of really sensible take-home things that we can do every day that are going to help guide our healing process and help us to maintain good state of health. And when I say health, you know, we are talking about healing, and that's health on all levels. That's being whole, being whole mentally, emotionally, spiritually, interpersonally, physically. So what are those things? Um, simple things that we can do for ourselves every day, like creating rituals. Um, that bring us to a sense of oneness with who we are, even just a, a state of, of quietude after a busy day, these things matter. Um, whether it's that five-minute cup of tea, a 20-minute meditation, an hour yoga class, you know, all of these things, you know, we've always had a sense that they mattered, but the data is just, you know, showing us that they really do matter. Personal connections. Positive connections with others matter greatly. And when I say others, it can be with our pets. It can be with our plants. It can be with another human being. But that personal connection we're learning more and more facilitates a physiological state of positivity, um, you know, both hormonally and, you know, within our central nervous system. We know, you know, on the flip side that loneliness is is attached to many negative health outcomes. On the flip side of that, of course, positive relationships matter greatly. And it doesn't matter how many we have. It's not about the number of positive relationships. It's just about the quality of those relationships. And we're learning that those really have deep effects on our physiology. Um, so positive relationships, creating rituals for ourselves at work, there is something very magical, it seems, 
um, about creating and sticking with a ritual, which I think is the hardest part for many of us who live busy lives, who travel, you know, who do all these things. But, you know, we don't have to beat ourselves up if we can't sit for an hour a day. If we can sit in meditation for an hour a day, and that's kind of our thing, that's great. Um, There can be a lot of benefit from it. But if meditation isn't our thing, it doesn't have to be that practice. It can be any mind, quote, quote, mind-body practice. I like to call them more mind-body-spirit practices or spirit-mind-body practices. Those matter. Um, Even taking five minutes to just simply be aware of our breath and have a cup of tea and really enjoy that cup of tea, that matters. It affects our parasympathetic nervous system. Um, it, It literally, you know, that state of relaxation can go a long way, especially if we're doing it every day. Mm. It's so you know, simple. Just, you know, just yeah. these, little, these little things um, can make a huge difference in our health. That's exactly what I was just thinking when you were talking is, um, and really how much the research is backing this up from meditation to yoga to, uh, you know, HeartMath Institute's doing incredible research of just connecting with our breath and bringing our awareness down into our heart. There's so many really beautiful rituals. So thank you for mentioning that, you know, that really is easy for anyone to pick up and say, you know what, I could just add a few elements into my life. I'm also thinking while you were talking, I was I was thinking about art and music and creating and nature and you know, and I was just thinking about Yeah, there's so this. many ways and there's that's the beauty of all of this is there are studies on nature. There are studies with art. Um there's studies on so many things. But what do all these things have in common? They are bringing us back to ourselves. Mm. So whether it's a formal meditation practice or spiritual practice, one may not consider themselves spiritual at all. You don't have to be. If you're connected with nature, that, you know, some people may want to put, you know, the, the label on it as that's a spiritual practice. You don't have to call it a spiritual practice at all. It's simply bringing us back to ourselves. And there's so many ways to do that. And the more we bring ourselves back to, you know, our true nature, our essence, and feed that in whatever ways we want to be fed, um, it improves our health. It's really that simple. Beautiful. That phrase is really powerful shamani bringing ourselves back to ourselves bringing us back to ourselves so when you when you said that right before you said that you were talking about all the science there's science on nature there's science on the relaxation techniques or science on these spiritual techniques and practices and rituals so let's talk about what you've been doing with the consciousness and healing initiative because we really are it's it's important for our world to really create this platform of science and understanding so we can expand this this yes. is our healing potential right so what it is really the consciousness is, and i'd love and to healing? address that because let's yeah. just let's just talk frankly about this there are many healers and spiritual practitioners that come up to me and say, I don't need science to tell me what I know is already true. I know it for myself. I don't need science to validate my experience. And I completely agree with that. And I totally respect that opinion. And so, you know, where I often find myself is explaining, you know, why are we so focused on forwarding the science of healing? I mentioned the hospital. Um, You know, a family member of mine went to the emergency room recently and, you know, was suffering from some debilitating GI symptoms. And I was really struck by the whole process. The doctor was very nice, very learned, um, you know, very well-schooled, very personable. 
But there was really nothing much they could do other than try to convince my family member that they needed to take a narcotic. And, you know, so we can have all of these wonderful experiences and practice, and we can do our yoga, and we can do our meditation, but God forbid we have to go to the hospital, you know, or a doctor, and, you know, then things are completely different, and it's almost like we're entering a completely different world. Well, it doesn't have to be that way. Um, We certainly know that there are pharmacological medications that are very helpful. We know there are cases where surgery is absolutely necessary, um, you know, depending on the situation. But yet we seem to be living in these different worlds, and because of that, there's a lot of suffering that happens. So when we talk about the science, we can talk about a couple of studies that have been done with nature or, you know, a handful of studies that have been done, for example, in the biofield healing area, the, you know, the energy healing area, for example. Those are non-exhaustive. And for those of us who are really interested in integrating the science of healing in a way that when we go to the hospital and we go to the doctor, our doctor is informed of the best possible practices that they can recommend to their patients to augment their healing response. That's what we're after with the Consciousness and Healing Initiative. That's why we're so, so um, passionate about forwarding the science of healing and expanding our understanding of the biofield, for example, this vital energy system that we've been talking about. You know, to link it back to our, the initial conversation that we had earlier this hour about perspectives, this is, you know, what we're experiencing in science is really no different from what we're experiencing in politics in the world that we're living in right now. We have been living under um, the dominant model, which I would call a pathogenic model, okay? It's the model of if there is something wrong, it is outside of myself, and I have to do something to get rid of that thing which is inside me and, you know, either get rid of it or numb it out. And so we're seeing this in politics right now. We're seeing this in the erupting violence that's happening where we're seeing, you know, what really is self as other, right? And so we're trying to get rid of things. We're, you know, we're having debates about immigration. We're having debates about terrorism. And it's really no different than what, you know, kind of the growing pains that we have in science right now. In science, the pathogenic model is is really reigning forward in, in many ways, and so we end up feeling disempowered to be able to engage in things that heal ourselves and be able to talk to our doctors about those things. So, so just to kind of put a, a, a larger perspective on it, this is kind of what we've been under for quite a while, this pathogenic model. What the Consciousness and Healing Initiative is forwarding are really salutogenic models. They're models that help us understand that we need to come together to share our perspectives on what we see as the, quote, truth in our world, whether that is, you know, the science of healing or whether that is how do we, how do we relieve and release trauma in the world to foster a healthier planet. That's all based on a model of salutogenesis that is really about understanding what the process of wholeness and healing is. And this is not necessarily a fluffy concept. It's, it's really about seeing that which is causing us difficulty, you know, and some would say dis-ease, right, and understanding where we are in that process and how that relates to the greater whole, how that relates to the greater system. And so this is what we do in the Consciousness and Healing Initiative. We're focusing on the science that's you know, really coming from a whole systems model, a systemic model where we're looking at the linkages between all of these, you know, systems, the emotions, the mind, um, the immune system, you know, just as an example, bringing together scientists in physics and psychoneuroimmunology and healing to be able to create a larger 
um, model uh, that is more holistic in nature. We really need to be doing the same thing um, in all of these different um, target areas. We need to move from a pathogenic model to a salutogenic model in our thinking. Mm. Thank you for that. That was a really good example. And, you know, when I was listening to you, you began that talking about your family members' experience at the hospital and just really moving this whole understanding um, can shift everything. Like literally the ER, the emergency room doctor meets you with a healing touch practitioner to calm you or a Reiki exactly. you know, practitioner or, you know, and so here all of a sudden we're getting that holistic care, even in emergency and crisis. I really appreciate that. I just, I literally had a conversation this weekend about that as well and talking about, um, if medicine doesn't bring it in, people are really talking about international healing centers. Like, how can we bring the alternatives in? So it's really important not to throw the science out, just like you said, because you know that the alternative is true. It's really about bringing it together so we can shift our whole paradigm and how we deliver health and healing services in this world, not yeah, just great, our culture. Exactly. And there's really huge payoffs for science itself as well, because we have to, you know, be open to looking at things, not necessarily just from a materialist-based lens saying, you know, only if it's in physical reality does it matter, right? But really expanding this conversation so that we can incorporate our understandings of consciousness and the vital energy system in the healing process, um, but also in science. How do we understand cells and cell communication? Um, you know, there's fantastic work being done right now, for example, on how you can manipulate, if you will, the biofield of cells. So there's some work by Mike Levin, for example, at Tufts University, who's been doing fantastic work for many years, where he's shown that just by manipulating the biofield, that is by manipulating the voltage gradients across cells, you can stimulate the growth of neural tissue. Now, that's huge. Mm -hmm. What are That's you doing? I mean, you're actually just, you're not injecting a physical chemical agent necessarily. You're using, you know, the biofield. You're manipulating gradients based on electricity and magnetism, and that's facilitating the growth of neural tissue. Can a healer do the same thing? Well, scientifically, we don't know because we haven't done those studies. And we haven't done those studies because the funding mechanisms that are in place right now can't even fathom the possibilities that our consciousness um, has effects in this way. But again, you know, 40 years ago, you know, the powers that be didn't believe that the immune system was connected with the brain either. So, you know, at Qi, we know that we need to forward the science of the relationship of consciousness with the healing process. And so we see ourselves really as this catalyst of being able to forward good science by um, our scientists at major universities across the globe um, to really begin the conversation and the deep inquiry of what is the role of consciousness in the healing process, including the physiological level, but also just as importantly on the spiritual level. Mm. Thank you for that. Thank you for forwarding the science and the good science. I I just think about just what you said, and, and people will believe in prayer, and that prayer this is a whole nother topic and we could probably do a whole nother show on this, but you know, we, why do we believe that prayer can help someone heal clear across the world? And, and we also have people like Dr. Joe Dispenza talking about 
emotions, thoughts being like electrical impulses, emotions being that magnetic. And you were just talking about the electromagnetic field and what that has on the body. So it's like, thank you for bridging the gap and really working to forward the good science and bring it all together and tie it up. Thank you for that, Shamini. Thanks, and, and I'll just add, for those who are interested in the science, if they go to our website, um, www.chi.is, um, one of the outcomes of, you know, the things that we've been doing, so we've been holding interdisciplinary think tanks on the topics of healing, and one of the outcomes from that was a special issue. It was a peer-reviewed special issue on biofield science and healing. What do we know about the study of the energy system, you know, both in terms of studying healers and, um, you know, East Asian perspectives, physics perspectives, what do we know and what, what do we need to do to move forward the field? That special issue is freely accessible through our website at www.chi.is um, and can be accessed and people can download those PDFs freely um, and just kind of get acquainted with where the science is if they're interested in that. Nice, nice. What a great offering. Thank you for that. You also are bringing a lot of these experts together in early November, if I remember right, and doing a summit. Tell us about the summit. That's great. Yeah, I'd love to um, invite our listeners to join us for the summit. So on November 4th in San Diego at Paradise Point Resort and Spa, which is a fabulous little place right on the bay in San Diego, we are having our first ever public event to really bring our communities together. And it's called the Healing Revolution from Science to Social Impact. And here we'll have panels on the science and keynote speakers such as Deepak Chopra, Larry Dossi, others, Cassandra Veaton from IONS, Dean Radin from IONS, where we'll be talking about the science, but we'll be going further and we'll be also talking about the role of presence in the healing encounter. How does our presence affect healing in the therapeutic encounter? And we'll have many clinicians talking about that. We'll be talking about the power of art and creativity to foster healing and social change. Um, and we'll have many amazing speakers that are talking about how they're doing that, how they're incorporating um, consciousness and healing practices to facilitate changes in, um, in underserved communities and um, in communities that are at risk. We also have a whole technology panel where we're going to talk about how consciousness and healing is driving changes in technology and what kinds of technologies are being used right now um, to augment healing in patients. Um, so it's really a, it's a, it's a way of calling out to all of our, um, our people, all of our members, whether you're an artist, whether you're a social activist, whether you're a scientist, but you want to really connect with other people that are all about the healing revolution. Um, we are offering CME credits as well as CE credits for those who need them. This is in partnership with UC San Diego as well as the Academy for Integrative Health and Medicine. Um, you can again get information on all the speakers, the schedule, all the info that you need on our website at www.chi.is or chi.is. Mm. Excellent. And it sounds like with the continuing education, this can apply to all healing practitioners. That just yes, sounds like yes. anyone would love this summit. We have, absolutely. We have a lot of healers coming. You know, we have healers that are presenting. We have healers that are going to be sharing their work um, and connecting with each other. I would really encourage anyone who, um, who is moved by our conversation at all to join us um, you know, join the Chi community. There are multiple ways to do that. Um, again, accessible through our website. 
Um, we have an online platform, um, you know, given to us by our dear collaborators at Hilo, H-Y-L-O, which, you know, Julie, I know you're familiar with, with them. Um, we're able to use this platform as a way of connecting with each other because, you know, we take at the Consciousness and Healing Initiative, we call ourselves a collaborative accelerator. And we take that term pretty seriously because we know that to forward um, the understanding and practice of healing, it's really, um, it really takes all of us, and it takes all of us connecting together. So um, if people do join us as a member or a subscriber, there are ways for us to you know, connect you with each other, too, freely, so that we can really um, make wonderful things happen in the healing space. Beautiful, beautiful. Again, that's C-H-I dot I-S. So, Shamini, I, in just like three minutes or less, I would just love to hear you. You know, you know me. I like to talk about visioning the new world into being and really that bigger picture of creating a positive future for all of us that serves the greater good of the whole, right? So, from your perspective, in just two minutes or less, what is one simple shift our listeners can make to really move into this wholeness and serve a higher good? First, I think that it's understanding, not even just believing, but understanding that we can make those shifts. It's really completely within our capacity in whatever line of work we're doing. Um, if there's any thought in our mind that I can't do it, that's, I just want to remind our listeners that that's just a little I. That's not truly who you are. You are, in fact, unbounded consciousness. And you can achieve anything that you want to achieve. It takes work, um, but it's entirely within the realm of your possibilities to create and manifest what you want in the world. And the pathway for doing that is, again, everything that we talked about earlier, just bringing ourselves back to ourselves. The more we bring ourselves back to ourselves, the more we can really manifest the unlimited potential that's inside of us. And, and that's really that simple. Mm. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you, Shamini. It, it has been so fun having you here. And I'm just thinking we're going to have to have you on and just kind of dig even deeper because there's so much amazing research out there. And you guys are doing a great job of, of really bringing that all together and weaving this higher consciousness in medicine. So thank you for that service to all of humanity. Thank you so much, Julie. It's really been a pleasure and an honor to be your guest today. And, you know, I know I'm in a great company with you and um, just really grateful for our connection. Mm, thank you. And likewise, I wish I was going to be in San Diego in early November. I know, and I just, I'm going to just make sure I get this correct because I think you're just right on the cusp, like right after the Integrative Health Conference. Is that right? That's right. So, you know, we're partnering with the Academy for Integrative Health and Medicine, and this is actually being offered at the same location. It is a post-conference event for the AIHM. So it's very much linked with the AIHM. For those who um, don't know what the AIHM is, it is the Academy for Integrative Health and Medicine. And um, I'll be speaking at the main conference, but our summit is actually happening really on the last day. So um, there are a number of Academy members that will be there as well. Excellent. So for anyone out there wanting continuing education, here you go. It would be fun and exciting. Shamini, thank you so much for joining us. What a great topic to just dig into. Thank you so much, Julie. Thank you. 
You are so welcome. And listeners, remember, together we are creating connections for the greater good of the whole. So until next time, I'm sending you a world of love. Bye for now.